Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of The Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, Leading with Influence and Impact as an Introverted Woman. And this is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. And today with me, I have the fabulous Yinka Iwawola, and she is a multi-award winning business owner, coach, strategist, trainer, and TEDx speaker, working with inspired and ambitious women around the world, wanting to have their all on their terms. And I really like that, on their terms, because many women are are led to believe, yes, you can have it all. Um, And then they find that when they're, they're not succeeding at everything or everything's not going how they want it, they sort of deem themselves a failure. But it's about recognising it on your own terms. And as a unique business leader, Yinka founded Cala Success Systems to support business, busy and ambitious women to shine, sparkle, build and leave thriving and profitable businesses whilst living, nourishing and inspiring lives. And she's now focused on changing the narrative around disadvantage around the paradigm of women building businesses. And with her passion for holistic approach to improvement and success, Yinka works with women to focus on systems and leverage, ensure that the habits, environments and and processes in their lives and business support their deepest hopes and wildest dreams and enable them to define success on their own terms and build exciting, inspiring journeys to get there. She's a real, a real champion and supporter for women doing their thing. So hi, Yinka, and welcome. Hi, Carol. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you um, and having sort of got to know you over the past few months um, and hear you speak and have you speak on my LinkedIn audio event. I was really impressed with what you're doing, how you speak. Um, and I thought, yes, I have to have you on my podcast. And you are introverted as well. And you are just, yeah, smashing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So just tell us a little bit about you before we sort of dig deep into your experience as an introverted woman and, and what it is that you do as well. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, okay, well, as I said, thank um and it's always interesting listening to someone read your bio because you're like, oh wow, that person sounds amazing. <laughs> is that me? <laughs> and then you're like, is that really me? <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I am a mother. Uh I have three uh, incredible sons. I'm a wife um of 15 years. Um, I am a um a woman who is committed and passionate to making a difference in the world Um, and the way that I have chosen to do that is through the vehicle and mechanism of business um, and the uh, use of my business to support other women to build their own businesses Um, and the reason I have chosen uh, that vehicle and that particular mission or focus is because I genuinely believe in the power of wealth creation um, for people in general and for women um, specifically and uh, women um, of colour, black women, women of the global majority, however you describe the term, even more specifically, I do believe that, that the world changes for the better for all of us when there is a, a shift and a revolution in um, women 
being able to create and sustain wealth um, in a ways that have probably not been seen um, in in the times and ages before. So that's kind of um, I do. That's a very kind of big set of statement. Um, what that means day to day is that I focus my time and my energy on um, things that what I like to say move the needle or actually create impact for the business and the business owner and and those two areas what moves the needle most for a business is cash flow and what moves the needle most for a business owner is the area of kind of mindset and and really looking and learning more about that emotional management so uh, that is where I spend my focus right now. Oh, there's lots of um, things there that I want to unpick. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I really like what your mission is. Um, and I think, you know, women creating wealth, I think that is a very important topic. So I'd like to pick and pick some of that. Um, and what you said about the mindset, particularly when it comes to money. Um, you know, I often work with women who are not necessarily asking for what they're worth when it comes to money, when it comes to um, like maybe sort of being at their best or being that confident and assertiveness that can make an impact in their work. But yet they do voluntary work where they are so confident about speaking up and um, talking about whatever it is that their that area of you know their voluntary work is or like whether it's a charity or whether it's their chair of a, a large charity but yet when it comes to their business or in in their particularly women who are sort of senior leaders they're where they are being paid for it it's like that there's something about that money aspect that has a negative effect on their on that yeah <laughs> it's so interesting you say that Carolyn you use a phrase that we're often told so um you know so clearly we're often told you know you, sh- you should charge your worth you should um you know you should uh, demand more uh, for for you know for, for you and what you bring and one of the things it, it's so interesting I, I ran a masterclass earlier this week because I happen to think that that idea of charging your worth is part of the problem um, and the reason I say that is because it um, I often say and, and the women who uh, spend time in my spaces, um, I often say and remind them that, that you know, if you were to try and charge your worth, what would that even be? You know, the, the worth of a human life ultimately is priceless. Mm-hmm. A human being is priceless. So the idea that it can be reduced to or even that money is a good capture of, of the worth of humanness is is false. And so what I, I but the reason why I, I, I support them to really separate the idea of, of what you, you as a human are worth versus what you um, the value you bring, the value your offer brings, the value your, um, you know, your course, your your services, your your product brings, is because ultimately um, your ability to price that is based on the value that it creates. But the but the minute you think, oh my gosh, I have to charge my worth, then then I mean, in the first instance, sales becomes difficult because any rejection now is a rejection of you. And then you take it very personally and you uh, no one likes to be rejected. I mean, when nobody is out here trying to 
you know, knowingly and, and deliberately go into those feeling spaces. So the the one of the things that I uh, often say is, A, you are priceless. You are the prize. You are not for sale. And so there's no need to try and charge your worth. But what you bring to the table, what you bring to the market absolutely has a value. And so be sure to price it in accordance with the value that that transformation brings. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Many women struggle with that piece as well. Uh, But the struggle is less and different when you recognize that you are never for sale. You are priceless as a human. So the idea of charging your worth, you can just take that off the table and then go create um, offers, product services that make value in the marketplace. And and the same can be applied to sort of women who are employed as leaders in organisations. Oh, definitely. The the value that your services, that your experience, you know, that you, uh, the transformation that you bring to your organisation is huge. And and it's really important, though, that you recognise, and we see this over and over again, we, you know, we, we see women um, and you know give their lives in corporate spaces and then you know through illness or some kind of challenge or tragedy in life you know god forbid anything should happen to you your the company would carry on you yeah. know the company the the company that you claim that you love may or may not love you back in the same way and so it's really important to recognize that they are hiring you for your labor for the value you bring to them And yes, you know, I'm not suggesting that there are no feelings involved or, you know, your team isn't amazing, your boss isn't wonderful. But if you were unable to bring what you bring to the table, they would go and find someone else who does. Yeah, and and that is a tune is recognising. And I would like to explore that a bit more, particularly um, in the situations I've mentioned, you know, women who I've come across, clients I've had, where they're involved in... um, whether it's a chair with a charity board of trustees or some other thing that they're doing voluntarily um, and they're speaking up, they're asserting themselves, but yet when it comes to their paid role, it's that aspect of, around that. It's something that you know, I'd love to chat to you about a bit more. But before <laughs> I do, let's talk, talk a bit about your experience as an introverted woman. Um, so what were you doing before you started your business? Okay, so uh, my experience of introversion has been a really interesting one. Um, as my name suggests, I am a Yoruba woman. Um, so my family and I, we uh, hail from um, Nigeria, the, the west, south and southern uh, um, western regions in Nigeria. And one thing that is commonly known of Yoruba culture, it is the best, it is so incredible and it is vibrant. And I would say that we are probably some of the most culturally extrovert people on the planet. And so um, as a second of four children, um, the rest of my family are, are very much extroverts. Um, the the um, characterization of my introversion um, growing up was a really interesting one my you know my parents couldn't understand why I um, often wanted to be apart from the rest of my family they you know they took that very personally (laughs) excuse me and it wasn't personal it was you know I um, 
you know, needed processing time. I needed downtime. Um, you know, I grew up in a home and in a family, you know, full of love, full of, um, you know, ambition and inspiration. My mum and dad are remarkable separate human beings and yet together they are something else. You know, they they recently celebrated their their golden wedding anniversary. Oh, um, I know it's so amazing, like so, so amazing. And um and yeah, very strong family values, very strong um um work ethic, focus on excellence. And um, so I, you know, I, I was a very studious uh, kid, uh, top of many of my classes. I graduated top of the class at university um, where I went to do an economics degree and I went into banking. And um, it's really interesting because once again, um, as I was coming through the ranks, the um, expectation of me as a black woman um, was not that I should be um, introverted it was you know I'm supposed to be you know the sassy life and soul of the party um and it's not that I'm not the life and you know <laughs> I have been I have been ushered off many a dance floor <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's not you know I, I just introversion provides a a lens that people don't expect and when people don't know what to expect of you it can make them fearful of you it can make them uh, prejudge you and it can make them it can create unnecessary hostility um, and I can definitely say that uh, because I wasn't as predictable uh, because of my introversion because of my desire to be you know quiet and to be able to process and think and do um, you have some of the more classic introverted traits um, yeah, it, at first it, it felt very, um, very it, at times it has felt like a burden. Um, and at times it has felt like I'm living in an environment not really well, well suited to who and how I am, which when you're younger causes you to, to feel like you want to and need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been an interesting ride. Um, what I will say is that um, as with most of my idiosyncrasies, and I have many, <laughs> I am a, I'm definitely someone who wears my weirdo with pride. Um, mm. But it has it's been a journey to get here, and um, but I'm I'm now really leaning into the parts of me um, and the the introverted parts of me. I'm really using them as my superpowers. Yeah, and that's why I call it superpower because oftentimes women do feel that they need to put on a persona acting ways that they're not and they don't tap into those superpowers those introverted superpowers and so when you were younger um, and did your parents allow you to be your introverted self or did they try and push you to be more extroverted I I wouldn't say they pushed me to be extroverted. What I would say is that they tried to dissuade some of the hallmarks of my introversion. So where I often wanted to be separate, uh, just, you know, I needed a minute to recoup. They would often call me back into kind of, you know, the living room, the, the spaces where we were together because they, and again, it was fully out of luck. It yeah. was, it was, they were concerned you know that they were and again teen years you know I'm not I'm not going to pretend like 
Um, you know, this is a one-sided story. Uh, you know, in my teen years, I was doing teen things. Um, <laughs> I, I was, um, but again, I was very shy. And, and they were worried that I was unhappy. They were worried that I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a weird person anyway, even now, but I was probably quite a weird teen then. And so they were worried, you know, about my welfare, my happiness, uh, my general demeanor. And so it, it was their attempt to support, um, you know, what they thought was a more normal <laughs> way of being mm. and, um, yeah, ultimately, when I look back, part of those, you know, the desire to be alone, the desire to to have that downtime, the desire to read, the desire not to, um, you know, constantly be in and around people and the melee um, are hallmarks of, of introversion. Um, and so they they weren't trying to force me out of, sorry, they weren't trying to force me into extroversion, but they were trying to um, they were concerned about the hallmarks of introversion as it was, um, you know, it just added to what they thought, this weird kid that they had. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of that is, is I, I think, to do with the way that the misconceptions exist around introversion and how introversion in society is viewed. Um, and, you know, I see it time and time again where parents who have introverted children not you know thinking they're doing it out of love but um not really understanding what introversion is um and this can then so so when you started when you entered into the workplace and you saw that introversion wasn't valued um what sort of effect did that have on you I think it's it really changes how you um perceive yourself so uh, extroversion was highly valued in, um, you know, banking spaces. Um, and so, you know, you would see people who were less competent, much more confident getting ahead. Um, I'm sure many of the listeners can relate to that. <laughs> you know, the, the celebration of, of mediocrity as well was one that really frustrated the hell out of me because, I had been raised with a an, a work ethic that focused on excellence. Um, and so um, those um, uh, two uh, facts coupled together, um, yeah, it, it created a real sense of frustration. Um, it, it also um, enabled me to really make some decisions. And I, you know, I am ever grateful for the experiences I had at those times because they absolutely have brought me to where I am today mm -hmm. but they've also really helped me to be clear about who I am and what I stand for and who I'm not and what I won't do on account of, of the desire to um, to please somebody else or to get paid for a certain thing and and so what you were talking about, Carol, in terms of how women are often so great at speaking up in voluntary spaces, but less so in paid spaces, it is the the idea and focus around the, the meaning that they're giving to money that is essentially causing them to hold back in their voice. And it was those early parts of my career that made me see and realise that, that money was never going to be able to hold my voice. Uh, I was going to learn how it worked. I was going to master it. I was going to ensure 
as quickly as I can, uh, I, as I could, that I would be able to, um, you know, as I said, master money, understand finance so that it can, it would always be an amazing servant, but it was never going to be my master. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you had a, a, a strong sense of belief in who you were um, and that you you recognised that, again, as you said, that the experience has helped to shape you who, who you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's a that's a Yoruba thing. That's a, that's, <laughs> a, that's a Nigerian. I mean, yeah, it's it's part of that is cultural. Part of that absolutely is a sense, you know, having grown up in the church. Um, you know, having adopted, um, you know, a Christian faith, um, although my my version of that now is probably um, very different to what it was back then. But I, you know, I, I believe truly in the importance of my relationship with God. Um, and so, yes, there are um, it, it's created a set of core beliefs in me, some of which are the fact that I I genuinely believe that everything is happening for me not to me so that has even in those bad times it it has enabled me to look back and to um be very clear that that was for the making of the person I am today yeah and and I think sort of having that outlook and that attitude and that faith as well does make a big difference um you know I see Lots of women who have gone through similar experiences where they're, they, they've been their introversion because introversion isn't favoured in the workplace. That has made them feel um, or caused them to feel that they weren't good enough um, and affected their self-belief. Yeah. And but, I would say that the idea for us, you know, the, the, the psalmist says that I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and I, it's it's a verse I I often return back to because I am a a black woman living in a non-black, non-female society, and so day after day there are social messages repeatedly telling me that um, you know the standard of beauty, the standard of intelligence, the standard mm. of leadership doesn't necessarily look like what I see in the mirror, and so it it has taken time and it's taken reflection but it's also taken the decision to decide whose voice I'm going to listen to am I going to listen to uh you know the voice of he who made me and what he says about me or am I going to allow those voices to determine how I feel about myself because fundamentally even you know on the money piece it it can I've seen many times uh, as you said, women impacted, um, for example, even in building a business, you know, when you get a new contract and someone has agreed to pay you, you know, you, you know, seeing that celebration, it's a beautiful thing. But then if you are if you are um, uh, proxying your self-worth from your performance or your output or your productivity, then what happens when someone says, no, I don't want to work with you? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just as damaging to take your value from, you know, the contracts you do or don't, uh, you know, get the the jobs that you do or don't get. The, the man or woman who says she, he or she loves you, um, those you can't 
proxy or gather self-worth from those things it's self-worth and again this was something I spoke about in my TEDx talks all self-worth self-empowerment all of those things that that's an inside job and that is something you therefore have to decide independently outside of the the words and the and the messages that you are receiving from external sources yeah and that is that is so important to recognize that um and and the thing is what I would say listeners is if this is something that you cannot do on your own then get support because there are people like Yinka like myself um many of the people who do similar work to what we do who can support you with that and help you to change the beliefs that you have about yourself so that you are not feeling rejected because somebody says no or somebody doesn't appreciate the value that you bring to the table so 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 talking about what you 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 touched on about the meaning given to money where you know you talked about women who you know maybe in senior roles who don't really not that they don't appreciate the value that they bring to the table but they may feel that other people don't um, and they may feel that they don't want to be they don't want to be rejected but yet in in their personal lives they're chairing boards of trustees they're speaking at conferences for charities that they're volunteering for that meaning about money tell us a bit more about that the meaning that they give to money tell us a bit more about that um such a great question and I mean, the first thing I will say is that money um, is a tool. So money is one of the most powerful, ubiquitous tools that we have created in our societies in order to uh, store and exchange value. So um, the first thing I will say is that we have given money that particular position and status. It doesn't have it innately. Um and so as a, and as a result of that, it's important to recognize, you know, nobody gets excited about except maybe, um, you know, uh, workmen, uh, you know, the trusted trader crew. Uh, no one gets excited about a bag of spanners. And so and yet money is not dissimilar to spanners. You know, it is a tool for a specific job. Um, as I said, it's ubiquitous, so it can do lots of different jobs. And and one of the first things that we need to be really clear about is what money is great at and what money is not great at. Um, legend has it, um, and I, again, you you will forgive the the interesting paradigm, but um, my husband is a real um, uh, fan of he watches you know all these programs, and one of one of his faves back in the day was Narcos um, about the infamous Pablo Escobar. And legend has it that um, uh, Pablo Escobar's compound was raided and he and his family had to go on the run in the Colombian jungle. And his daughter was cold. And the only thing that they had as kindling was a bag of money. And legend has it that he set fire to that bag of money uh, and burnt the equivalent of over a million US dollars in order to keep his daughter warm. <laughs> now, the the story, I tell the story, uh, and as I said, legend has it, I don't know, I wasn't there, you know, but the reason why, <clears throat> the reason why it's an important story to think about is because 
the way that so many people perceive money is as though it is the the be all and end all of life. And yet a man running through the jungle with a million dollars turns that into kindling for fire because what he needs more than money in that moment is warmth. And Mm -hmm. so the the idea money is an excellent tool. It is a tool that, you know, can can really transform. It is the best, as I've heard it, soldier against the fight of poverty. But it is also um, designed to work for you rather than the other way around. It is a poor proxy for your time and for the fact that you will that you that time for us works linearly, and so it's time we will never get back. They, the the biggest tragedy in our entire lives is the idea that we will use our time to gather money. The 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 intention um, or what we uh, some of what we get to create is we get to create money um, as quickly as we can in order to build and create assets which go on to make money themselves so that we can use our time, um, you know, our, our non-renewable, never coming back time to, to you know, to solve problems, to love deeply, to be create, like, think of all the incredible skills and knowledge we have, Carol. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the idea we're going to use that to pay to get money to pay British gas. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and it's it's such it, that's the biggest tragedy of all. And so, for me, and and you know, some of the work that I do is really about recognizing that we we get the opportunity to decide what money means. And and I, for those who are listening to me right now thinking, this woman is crazy. And not only is she crazy, but she's crazy. And then she's privileged. What I will say is you are absolutely right on both fronts. <laughs> I am kind of <laughs> But the privilege that I absolutely recognize and enjoy right now is not because I was born you know, into a wealthy family. As I said before, I'm the daughter of immigrants. My parents took more courage than I will ever know to leave everything that they need to come to the UK to give their their family a better opportunity and a better chance at a better life. Um, and so, but we were not, you know, wealthy. And and this is as a result. What I'm, what you hear of me talking to you today is as a result of years of investment, of understanding the the lies that I was told and believed about money um, and to enable myself to to become free from the grip of it. So now, as I said, I absolutely don't hear what I'm not saying. I am in the process of amassing and creating generation-changing wealth. But the reason I'm, I'm creating and amassing that wealth is because I see a world that doesn't work effectively for so many people. And I'm not content to allow the world to continue to to be that way while I know that I can do something about it. And I know that that is something that money is good for. Money is good for um, helping us to no longer have to negotiate with problems where we are able to finance solutions. And so I am amassing wealth to enable me to find that solutions in the areas that I'm passionate about and that's where I'm supporting other women to be able to do the same thing but money 
has no meaning ex- like with all things no- nothing has meaning except the meaning you give it and so i'm i'm just really minded uh not to allow money to have a power in my life in my spaces that it doesn't deserve or require um because money is a great is great at some things and has no business in other things and you know money doesn't substitute for as I said before, it is not a good measure of human value. It is not a good measure of, you know, creativity, of innovation. There are so many things that money is fantastic at. And there are so many things that money is irrelevant at. And it's important that we understand what those things are. And and that and, and having that perspective, I think that can be life changing. It can be transformational to have that perspective about it, where you're not putting your value of who you are on a set of figures. Absolutely. And, and, but you know what else it means, Carol? It means you can't buy my voice. Yeah. You can't buy my voice. You can't buy my silence. You can't buy my integrity. And so it means that I get to speak my truth. I get to talk about the things that if if I think something is wrong and it is something I care about to speak about, you are not going to uh, stop me from saying what I believe is true. You're not going to be able to stop me from speaking up about the things that I'm so, you know, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. justice. I'm passionate about, you know, I'm a, I am a, uh, a black woman married to a black man with three black children and and so the things that I see in the world around me that you know the threats made to our safety to our liberty to our lives you know I, part of the reason why I'm so passionate about making sure that I run my business effectively and I'm able to separate um, you know, the finances and the money and all of that piece from you know what we need to kind of do is because if I if I need to speak up, you know, and I need to speak up about justice or what is right or what is wrong or what have you, there is no you can't you uh, there is no threat to me that oh I'm going to lose my job or I'm not going to get a contract or any of those things that doesn't exist in my world. Mm-hmm. And so yes, obviously I could go into you know spaces and get more money or more, um, you know those things I to be honest I I'm I'm never one who believes in either or that money is abundant uh, abundance is everywhere I'm I'll make my money don't you worry about that um mm-hmm. but what I what I won't do is I won't sell what is important to me and, and my integrity and my voice and my time and the things that are of value to me they're not for sale money doesn't come into it for that and like you said it really is life-changing I see women so often having to keep quiet out of fear, out of worry, out of um, currently being in a structure where they feel like if they speak up, they're putting themselves at risk. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I know what that felt like. And I, I decided fairly early on that I refused to live my life in that way. So then I created something different for myself. And that is something that, you know, I, I, I believe that women should hold on to you know those words that you you've said because when you put yourself in those positions whereby you're letting that fear of losing losing your job losing the contract or whatever it is 
you're never going to be you're never going to um be your true self you're never going to achieve your full potential because you're going to be holding yourself back from expressing your thoughts your voice what it is that you need to say because of that fear um so and I, and that's the thing it's because we've been taught that money is what we need to be safe mm-hmm. money is what we and that's not true money is not the source of your safety and security you are you are and so you know we are so much bigger and more powerful and as i said more magnificent you know it, it, whether whatever your you know your individual beliefs are um as we uh, express it in in christianity we are made in the image of god what and money that in itself is that? powerful <laughs> You know, yeah. You the, the what's money got to do with that we're made like in that image <laughs> absolutely and yeah. so the idea honestly money in that scenario you're made in the image of what money's reductive then you know money would cheapen that and so yeah I just um it's interesting because I as I said I spend a lot of time talking about money but more as a as a means of supporting women to become free from the lies and the shackles that it creates in their lives yeah. and it really does and and it doesn't have to there is I'm not suggesting for a second that I don't pay my bills or I don't you know pay my mortgage or I don't teach my children you know about um you know I'm not teaching them financial literacy I'm not helping them to you know start their businesses and you know set up pensions and all of those things not at all it is a the, the finance is a game but it is a game that you need to learn the rules of because everybody's playing it and some people are winning at it. Mm. And, and, and so I refuse if where I wasn't dealt necessarily a winning hand when I was born, I'll, I'll, I'll be damned if I'm not going to pass a winning hand on. Um, mm. And again, that's not just through what you leave to your children, but it's also what you leave in your children. There's no point leaving them wealth if they don't know how, what to do with it and how to handle it. But yeah, I'm, I'm changing the hand that my kids are dealt. That's for sure. Well, that, and that is good. And, and, and the thing is, in terms of that, that fear that women may have about losing their job, losing their contract, when you operate from that fear, from that position of fear, that is what is going to happen. If you, believe in yourself and your abilities we are incredibly resourceful um and when we have that belief it's incredible what we can go and achieve so if you lose if you you know the worst comes to the worst which inevitably might not happen but if the worst comes to the worst you lose the job you lose the contract we are incredibly resourceful and when we have that belief in ourselves we can go on and achieve great things Absolutely. And what I will say as someone who, you know, was in a job and then uh, was out of a job and, you know, thought that the world was going to end because I didn't know then what I know now. What I will say is that there is always a gift in those situations. There's always um, an opportunity in those situations. And what I, you know, I look back at those times And as I said, I am so incredibly grateful for what they gave me, Um, an opportunity to know 
who I am and, and and what I will do and what I won't do, what I stand for and what I don't. And so you're absolutely right, Carol. And I always say that success is only ever made of two components, resources and resourcefulness. And we get so obsessed with resources, but it is the infinite part, the, the part that makes the most difference is the resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And and that's what, uh, you know, I'm minded that women have and are pretty unstoppable at. So it, it always fills me with excitement because I'm able to, um, I know that wherever the resources are, I know that my resourcefulness will always bridge the gap between where I am now and where I want to be. And that's why I know that I, you know, there is nothing that will stop me. It's the only thing that can possibly stop me is me. And that's why, you know, I focus so much on that mindset piece. Yeah. Well, I could sit here and talk to you about this all day. (laughs) You know, you're so such words of wisdom um, and knowledge and yeah, incredible. So, um, if if listeners want to find out more about you and your work, um, where's the best place for them to go? Um, best place to come and find me is LinkedIn. Um, I uh, produce content there on a daily basis. And um, yeah, just always really excited to connect with people. I am on other social platforms as well. Um, I don't expect you to have to uh, set up a LinkedIn account if you're not already there. So you can also connect with me. Uh, my name is uh, the same in all platforms. Um, and you'll, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Um, or they can drop me an email at hello at hellosuccess.com. Um, and I'll make sure I hand that to you and your fabulous team so um, they can get access to that too. Well, thank you, Yinka. This has been a very, very interesting discussion. And listeners, do go Follow, go, go, go follow Yinka on LinkedIn because she shares some really, really great nuggets on there on the platform, videos, posts. Her content is amazing. And do check out her masterclasses as well, particularly if you are what we've talked about, somebody who has this um, fear of money or this thing about money. So thank you, listeners. Um, and if you are wanting to increase your confidence, influence and impact, then go to my website, aboundingsolutions.com, because there is a, an assessment on there that you can complete that will give you ideas about areas that you can focus on. And so until the next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>